This program is in partnership with Open and Clear Broadcasting. Don't miss the call. Join the revolution of the evolving perspective of an awakened consciousness. Are you ready? Join the community at openandclear.com. Beware of false prophets, 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 which come to you in sheep's clothing. My brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into driver's temptation. But inwardly they are ravenous wolves. That the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may ye shall know them by their fruits. Entire, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven. Is Reverend Devon Divine a false prophet? For let not that man think that he shall receive anything. Sent here to Lord. lead us astray. A doubting, double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Let the brother of low degree rejoice that he is exalted. But the rich or is he a spiritual teacher who can guide us to the path of freedom? I'm Dr. Mark. Come with me and partake of his fruit of knowledge. Thereof falleth and the grass of the fashion and decide for yourself. Then when the lust has conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Do not err, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow or of turning. Of his own will begat he us with the word of truth, that we shall be. Welcome to another episode of False Prophet. This is Dr. Mark here with Reverend Devin Devine on this August 28th episode. How are you, Devin? Oh, this is live. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> like, I was listening to an episode earlier, and I'm like, oh, oh, crap. <laughs> this is happening. I'm part of this. I'm not just observing oh. it. Oh, okay. I got to participate. Yeah. <laughs> got to respond. Got to act. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. I feel the same way. I was just listening to some podcasts, too. Now I've got to talk to Reverend Devin instead of just listening to Reverend Devin. <laughs> <laughs> Reverend Devin. Oh, man. Names. Yeah. So I, I, okay, what? Sorry. Go ahead. <clears throat> Let's do this. You said names. Names. You know what it says in Deuteronomy 5? 
verse 11. What? It says, the name of the Lord. It says, you shall not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. <laughs> for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. That's what does that mean? <laughs> I looked up, well, I looked up the words in vain, right? And there's different translations of it, actually. Some of it is <clears throat> meaning taking it for falsehood, meaning if you swear, if you go to a court and you swear and you say, well, I swear, you know, in the name of God that this happened and you're lying to get something, then God will not hold you guiltless. Or I read something, and this is my favorite. Have you ever Googled in vain for definition? Oh, every it weekend, says, actually. No, just... <laughs> well, I was thinking about this. It says, in vain means without success or result. Amen. <laughs> so if we put that in the original statement, thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God without success or result. <laughs> then he will not hold you guiltless. When you use the name of God, get a result. Mm. Yeah, you won't succeed in it, and you won't be able to, and you can't. It's like quite literally, you can't name God at all. I mean, it, it's undefinable. And sure, you can. once you do define, it then becomes into a, a partial evidence of it, you know, even any body or any entity of any sort, uh, if it doesn't include all variations of all eternity and endless variations of all totality, then it is cut short. You know, it is less than. So, in other words, it didn't succeed. That's how I hear it. And and this whole then we get into this whole idea. What does it mean to be held, uh, not to be held guiltless? That gets into another thing, doesn't it? Well, you got to Google that one. <laughs> right. Like we assume that when, you know, to be guiltless does mean that you're guilty for something, right? Mm. So how would you define that just so we can be on the same page? Like if you've done something that you shouldn't have done and then you're guilty of having done that thing. Well, Yeah. So what if, what about when you can't succeed in it? When you can't succeed and you're held guilty? Well, I mean, you, it says it would be done in vain, or uh, in this definition, you won't succeed in being able to take the Lord's name in vain. So mm -hmm. how could you be held guiltless? <laughs> so it's really, it's a flip around, let's flip it around, that in your attempts... To define God and use it in, and say, oh, this is the name of God, or which most people say, you know, you just use it when you're angry, then you're, you're sinning, you're calling upon God when you don't want to, and all this stuff. But really, the whole idea of being guilty is because of separation. So you've defined yourself and put yourself into a world separate from the rest of the universe. So in other words, when I hear what you're saying is like, you, okay, paraphrasing, because I'm not going to try and get it in the exact phrasing, but uh, if you try and name God, you won't succeed, but you see yourself in a world of separate from God, apart from God, where, where it is definitely possible that you can be guilty of something by doing it, or not guilty of something by not doing it, or so on. 
Mm. But in the actual essence of God, you know, technically, going by my definition of God, he's guilty of everything as well as nothing. Mm. It. So. so by failing to understand the totality of God, the infinitude of God, then we find ourselves separated. We think that we're outside of the definition of God. And that makes that defines the separation. Essentially, that's what it is. However, it's not because of uh, your attempts to define it. But uh, while you're trying to define it, you're naturally putting yourself in a place that is separate from it, to perceive it. Hmm. So the attempts to say, oh, you know, even just saying, what is God? You have to not know God in order to know that. So then you're in a place not knowing, attempting to understand and comprehend all knowledge, which is God. <laughs> See how it's tricky? I mean, especially when mm. you try and define and comprehend the words, like in such as in the Bible, that make, you know, trying to put it into shape and form. Mm. Like we, we need clarification of these terms such as what it means to, to be guilty. I mean, it's only in reference to bodies. You can only be guilty of something with this body idea. Like, the body does something, the body says something, the body goes someplace. Or that only, only because you have a body, you can be hurt, or yeah. stolen from, or killed. Exactly, yeah. So, like, that idea of those commandments as such is, like, you are required... To be in a physical world, to you know, define them in that fashion. In the spiritual world, it's impossible. You can't steal from something everybody has. You can't kill something that's everlasting. Mm. You know, it's a it's a whole nother, a whole different ball game. And so it seems like it's commandments when you're separate from the rest of the universe, but really it's just a facts of reality as the spirituality. Mm. So it's a whole nother paradigm of thinking. That's true. It says, thou shalt not kill. Oh. It doesn't say you ought not. It says you shall not. Because what's there to kill? What do you, there's nothing to kill. Yeah. I mean, I would redefine that as saying you literally cannot kill. Mm -hmm. And like we think that because of the body that we identify with as the reality, you know, was moving, had its own will, then I took away from it, now it doesn't have its will anymore, it's, you know, dead, right? So if we identify with the body, then yeah, of course, it's absolutely true. But if we recognize and identify with this soul experience of the spiritual universe, no, you see that, you know, this soul pretty much clenched onto this body, spoke through it, uh, it put down the body and continued exactly doing what it was doing. It's just not heard by people that are obsessed with the body. Mm. Like it's the same fluidity, the same occurrence. Wow, we really got we dove deep in this today, didn't we? So just we're gonna jump right scuba in. Scuba dive. Yeah. <laughs> I was reading it, and I thought, <clears throat> you shouldn't take the, the name of the Lord without success. And I think, you know, what if, what if you were calling? What if you were praying? It's what it sounds like to me sometimes. It's like, 
you're praying using the name of the Lord. God help me, you know, get through this life or something. And you don't have any success. You're not getting success. You're trying to experience God without success. And it says, don't do that. So how do we have, <laughs> how do we experience God? So I would say that it needs a, a bit of a training uh, to recognize what isn't God. So mm -hmm. we've, we have all these definitions and everything on top of God. And like what you described with the Photoshop and the white canvas, it's very good. It's still mm -hmm. essentially, regardless of what images come from it, it is still the truth of that white canvas. Uh, but you, in order to perceive it and believe it as other things, we needed to take away and have certain resistances of it. So essentially what I would say and call the healing of the mind is referring to being able to see beyond these resistances that have defined my reality to seeing that true essence there. So it, it is and does seem like a journey or a process of pretty much adjusting what you believe is true and what your reality looks like and essentially going through these resistances which seem plausible and logical well, I, I have a resistance to death so I'm not going to go that way but we, we usually use this idea of death that you know essentially oh no if I step that way I'm a little closer to that cliff that's 3,000 miles away you know mm. <laughs> instead of no recognize it's okay to go as close to the cliff as you want without fearing death and looking out on it out what the vision that of looking out on the cliff and seeing what's there while coming back you know so it's like essentially the actual experience of god while remaining in a physical reality and this experience of this physical reality it is entirely possible but you can't do it from such a great distance away like we with you know, yes, essentially this would lead to your death if you did continue and keep going, but it's kind of a, a trust in yourself that it's okay to be less resistance and be, be trusting and allowing and just accepting uh, all, all the way to the cliff edge, you know, and you can even keep going from there, uh, just metaphorically speaking. So we shouldn't be afraid of death. Well, like projecting, assuming, you know, oh, I, like we avoid relationships and dealing with people because of like, you know, what we think it's going to turn out like and what we think it's going to mean and, you know, essentially. And, mm -hmm. and you know, is that a reason? And do I really know? Uh, I'm just making up stuff because I think it's essentially going to lead to my social death or some sort of <laughs> financial death or something you know that avoiding that salesman because he just wants money from me and all this stuff but really it's you know there's a prospect of relationship with an aspect of god that yeah might attempt to get your money in the you know what but the idea of the relationship that potential relationship is essentially with god and what is beyond the canvas so we don't really know or shouldn't know or allow ourselves to expect and and understand the result of what is to come but have this not knowing mind and just finding out 
thinking about that, I've actually, I've been thinking lately that I need to be more open to people. Because usually I'll go somewhere in public and I just keep to myself and I'm really quiet. I'm just, mostly I, I don't want to say anything to people because I'm like, well, I'll say something stupid or people think I'm weird or you know, nobody wants to get to know me or something. And I've been thinking lately, like, I need to be friendly. I've got to get to know people. I've got to just open up a little bit. And I was on the train the other day coming home from London, and there was a group of guys. And they were totally drunk. There was five guys coming back from a soccer game, totally drunk. And they're like, hi, mate. And they started a conversation with me. And originally when I got on the bus, I was like, oh, stupid drunk guys. Who are these guys? I'm going to put in my headphones and ignore them. But I thought, man, I should, I should be a little more friendly. And I just sat there. And they engaged me in conversation. And it was like a four-hour train ride. And by the end of it, we were best buddies. And I took their pictures. And they're like, hey, you got to come to the soccer game with us. I told them I was from, from uh, America. And they're like, oh, my gosh, America. So I Skyped home and let them talk to somebody in America. They're like, no way. That's the coolest thing. And it was this awesome experience. But I know a lot of the time I avoid like interacting with people because of fear. I'm worried about how I'll sound or I'll worry that they won't like me or something. And yeah. so I think you're right that if we get, we got to be past that fear because I mean, what's really going to happen? Nothing bad is going to happen. Yeah, I mean, we can make this whole self-prophecy fulfillment thing happen. I mean, we can make anything right. happen. But really, mm -hmm. if, because we don't want it, no, why would it happen? You know, in that understanding. So it's like letting that happen. And I love that, you know, they were drunk. That's something that people use alcohol and, and drugs and stuff for is because they want to loosen up and relax pretty much mm -hmm. with their fear. And that's what most people are uptight about is, is you know, and holding your muscles tight. And I know you, you've been a massage therapist as well. So you see that people are like all tense and everything really it's like what are you afraid of and in in going down the line everything you know as you saying oh i'm gonna look stupid or something it all leads down to some sort of death we think that we're gonna suffer and and die from it mm -hmm. oh, and speaking of you know happy birthday by the way i uh <laughs> I know I, thank you I thought I was going to feel stupid saying something. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, it is actually uh, my stepson's birthday on Friday as well. Oh, nice. So I, did, I didn't realize that. And he's like, I go to school with kids. They didn't even know it was my birthday, and I've known them for like five years. And I'm like, I just realized that it was my friend's first friend in Utah's birthday. And, <laughs> and he's turning 125, according to Facebook. So... <laughs> right <laughs> I, I don't keep track of those things especially even in my family I, I just birthdays you know they're nice and they're fun right. but you know mm -hmm. me too yeah <laughs> anyway happy birthday <laughs> thank you <laughs> I don't know how why you were in elementary school when I was being 125 I got held back yeah a lot a few times <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Anyway, what were we talking about? Talking to people on the bus. Oh, yeah. Who were drunk. And people use that because they hold so much tension in their bodies and stuff and they want to let loose. Do you remember when we met? It was fifth grade. 
I just moved to Utah. You were like not afraid of talking to me. That's for sure. I remember <laughs> being in the hallway of the, I guess they were the trailers or something. Right, right. Yeah, you just took me <laughs> under your wing. I don't know what that was about. But you weren't afraid. I was, <laughs> that's for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's the thing is, sometimes I can be really open and friendly and stuff. But when I go out in a public and I don't know anybody, I like clam up. Yeah. I don't like it. Yeah, I know exactly that's, what that's, you mean. It's been like a more recent thing as I've gotten older. Yeah, it's like that ability has matured. You know, you've used it in a fashion that you, you know, apparently like the results of it mm-hmm. until you really change your mind and are willing to change what you believe would then you start acting differently. Like that idea that most of us act out of fear of death instead of acting out of, you know, I am eternal and nothing can stop me. Right. And going in, in, you know, on that bus and stuff, I am eternal and I can influence everybody's life by simple little phrases or just being here. You know, it, it, it embraces the whole existence opposed to wanting to change it or get out of it. It's interesting that I think I've learned later in life to start learning from fear or to start operating from fear instead. So I have to start unlearning some of these things. Yeah, it's all really what are we guided to do because at the same time, you know, Atreyu for an example is on this process of learning how to be afraid learning mm-hmm. what is necessary for the body's survival to be afraid of so he's learning this limitation type idea and until eventually he'll he'll start to learn this limit limitless idea so i mean mm-hmm. it was useful for you and for myself a time of being afraid and being cautious of things and you know the question really is 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 it useful anymore like is it really is it really benefiting me anymore well now i i'm pretty matured in society i know how to deal with people i don't have to be concerned with breaching that so much as i used to be so i can start to change my mind into uh limitlessness and freedom opposed to suppressed uh in uh, suppressed freedom as most mm. people like to think of uh, well I, I don't know pulling stuff out of my butt <laughs> and just let myself be free over here That's... so it's good to stop and evaluate if these things are still serving us anymore yeah definitely um, while going through that training and that process it's almost uh, required if not just very helpful to question everything everything you're dealing with um, as far as looking and focusing on your consciousness focusing on the psychology of it or whatever then you start you know how am I reacting to this is this about do I believe in myself do I have faith in myself and what I'm doing now as being you know any of the positive attributes or am I suppressing myself because of 
of what I think is this negative direction, negative attributes, and you know, eventually leading to death. And so, all throughout your day, if you're really going through this training, you know, you're you you have this natural reaction. It might be emotional or something, but it, it's already because you believe in you know an expectation that it will lead to. Someone tells you, "Oh, it looks like." You know, we're going to have to be paying double because this person and that and all that stuff. And you're like already paying double. You're like, what? No, <laughs> you know, you have some idea what that means and, and where that's going and, 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 you know, or else you lose your house or whatever. You know, it, it seems like that's true, you know, but the willingness to go with it, you know, it's funny it's, it, give this example. Um, <laughs> Trina's ex, you know, the father of the four stepchildren of mine, mm -hmm. uh, recently wanted to increase child support uh, to, as he would say, reflect how it actually is now. And pretty much just trying to get everything he can and already isn't appearing to what they agreed with. And we were like really kind of nervous about it and frustrated we're like oh great oh no we're gonna it's gonna increase just like 70 dollars or something but you know as tight as we are around here that's in, that's somewhat intense and but mm -hmm. we were willing to go with it and at other times he's even filled out papers and changed them and stuff so we're like okay we're not we're not gonna do it if it changes and we even wrote that on it and all this stuff and uh, so we went through it. We were willing to go through it. We were just trusting. At the same time, my mind, you know, was freaking out. We're like, oh, come on. Why, why, why? And, uh, and just the willingness to go through it. And because it was put in, into and taken up on... Hang on, bud. Just a few... I, I just... I'm, I'm busy. Oh, oh, be careful. I'm just a little bit longer. Mommy can help you. Can't mommy help you? Well, anyway, um, <laughs> just because they had to review the case again, it turns out in the original divorce decree, it was agreed to exchange zero dollars with zero dollars. And so the entire thing was canceled. And that oh, wow. this last four years of child support was actually uh, not authorized and in in any case we can get it back if we wanted to but really we're we want to support the kids so we're not concerned with that but mm -hmm. the you know it, it turns out that now it's in trina's favor and our favor of being in control where the money goes because we had a lot of suspicion about what he was getting and using the money for and that it wasn't going to the kids when they're coming over here with holes in their shoes and he's getting new cars and <laughs> cameras and all this stuff and, and mm. like, you know these kids should not have holes in their pants and all this uh, all this stuff anyway so so now we're going to arrange it so that it's actually going straight to the kids we're going to be helping them and and all this stuff so it, it, it works out better for the children as well as for us but we had wow. to be willing to go through that and pretty much he you know put himself in the position and <laughs> brought it upon himself so He's, he's probably really beating himself over there, but you know, <laughs> getting greedy, I guess. Mm. It's okay, I'm talking to Dr. Morton. <laughs>
Where's your car? <laughs> so how's your daughter doing? What is she like? Over a year now, huh? Yeah, she's a year and a half. Oh, half already. Oh, jeez. Almost, just a couple oh. months shy. You didn't she's running miss... around and talking. You didn't miss her your birthday, did you? Being away. No, no, I was there for her birthday. Oh, okay, good. And we'll be there for Halloween and stuff. I'm just gone for a little while. Yeah. <laughs> fun, fun. Yeah, it's a whole different story when they're walking around and can come wake you up and everything. Oh. Slap you on the she face. Gets on the... Hey, wake up. <laughs> she gets on the kitchen table and she climbs up on stuff oh. and then can't get down and cries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Trey, you just figured out how to turn on the water on the sink by himself officially today. And just so happened stuff was in the sink and it started clogging up while I was doing my show earlier and it started flooding all around. I had to like stop mm -hmm. the program and go see what was going on and he's all like on the the stool <laughs> and he's like freaking out. There's this waterfall going on around him and he's like, ah, what's happening? <laughs> he's like, too much water, too much water. What? What'd you want? This? Bud Bud. I'm on, I'm on a call. So you listen to a couple of those programs talking about the the statutes that I wrote up, huh? I was listening to the first two. Yeah. So the first two statutes or the first two episodes? Because no, this is an introduction. First two episodes. So. episodes? Oh, okay. Yeah. So of the five, I listened to the first two. Yeah. Very interesting. <laughs> No, you can't have this. This is not juice. This is coffee. No. Okay, just that's the last thing you need. Yeah. You're like, ooh, that's gross. Okay. Yeah, what do you think of those? I just. It was really good. Yeah, it's very right. existential and interesting. Yeah, it gets extreme, but in breaking it down, uh, you know, just following step by step of what is coming to me and. You know, it was pretty much, it did kind of, I know you asked about if it was like the Articles of Faith or something, and uh, it did start with kind of having a definition of it legally, you know, I, I need a definition of my religion, and oh, yeah. Yeah. to kind of say and show that it's been around and some sort of image and of it and and part of it, so that's the explanation at the beginning there. That these religious statutes are in place for the archaic mindset or <laughs> that something actually needs to be defined to and you know as I don't know but yeah I don't know where we're getting at with that but I thought it was really cool because I had a really long weekend and I didn't sleep Thursday night or Friday night or Saturday night or Sunday night. I mean, I just got a couple hours here and there. And so I was just totally exhausted last night. And I slept for like 12 hours. <laughs> I was just dead. But then I had like the longest, craziest dream of my life. And I woke up and I was like, whoa, I feel like I've been running a marathon. And I had this dream last night where I don't even remember. I was almost 
semi-aware that I was dreaming, and there was all these people with like sharp spikes attacking me and running at me, hmm. and I kept telling myself like, "This is a dream. They can't hurt you. Just accept it. They can't hurt you." And so I relaxed and just kind of let it happen, <clears throat> and then I fell through the floor or something and went to another level and it was more intense and the same kind of thing and I kept having to tell myself you can't die you can't be hurt and I'm like yeah now look at these people and they're poking me with these things and they're chasing me and I kept telling myself I can't be hurt and I kept having to face one thing after another thing and it kept getting more intense until I ended up with like the worst thing I could think of and I had all these friends and they left and I was alone I was left out in England <laughs> I don't know and I'm like, man, that's just another situation where they can't hurt I need you. to stop being afraid of being hurt and dead and stuff. So did that so one here, finally get to you? You're like, oh, that one got to me, yeah. Now you're alone. That's, you know, it's not as simple as thinking of, of the sharp object or anything, but it's still a dream. You know, that was still, mm. still the dream there. <laughs> and it can't right. hurt you and to actually recognize that. It's it's interesting, you know, it's like it does definitely seem like a test of that recognition. Like, can I recognize my power? Can I recognize what God is? Can I recognize the truth here and opposed to what I'm being shown, you know, that it's constantly showing me what seems to be hard and death and all this stuff. Can I keep re recognizing uh, that faith that it calls for relaxation, you know, calls for letting go and just allowing. Mm. Where you, you notice it doesn't hurt you anymore. Right. But it went more intense. The stuff that I, I couldn't handle. It was interesting because it, it tested me on one level and then another level and then another level. And I get to one point where I'm I'm like, oh, I can't go. I can't move on. Oh, no. It tested me at that final stuff. And then I woke up and you sent me that message and you're like, hey, listen to this stuff. And I was listening to it and I was like, wow, this is fitting. <laughs> oh, yeah? Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. And, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think we're done for today. I mean, oh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's you know, it's it's a whole journey of our own making. But uh, as far as you know, that like your your mind in the dream, it was still your mind bringing up all those scary things, negative things, and some would say, you know, oh well, it's been reflecting your day, and that's what you were dealing with the past few hours and all this stuff in. Well, that's completely true. It's the same idea of saying, you know, confronting you with these these ideas that allow you to open up more, and you're you're willing to go through it, willing to do more. And we do this through our day, especially, you know, learning to deal with emotion or emotional or em emergencies, uh, times of emergency. You know, your focus on the solution or or whatever it might be hmm. instead of uh you know freaking out or <laughs> dealing with your emotions and in it's the same thing with in a dream type experience is that you're bringing up the issues in your life 
and things that you would respond to and react to. And so it would only move on to the next if you accepted it, if you went through it. It wouldn't go on to the next if it, you know, if you saw that that was too much or that's the final straw or that one, you know, took me on and I failed in that one. And essentially, we are here in the physical world as in with this opposition and because we believed it. And that's right. to say, in that same sense, the dream of yours stopped going deeper into your fears when you realized that one worked. You know, oh, I believe this one. And, right. and I'm having trouble relaxing through it and going past it. And so mm. it's the same idea of that training and healing of the mind is that if you keep going and keep going through all of those, it's going to have nothing left to bring up and you're just going to fall right out of the universe. So we <laughs> want, <laughs> we have them to hold and maintain the stat, the this status and st structure that we have called the physical world. And the fact that we're here on this planet is really a s part of the staircase of heaven, but because we, we actually believe we're walking on it, like we actually believe these ones, so we're reacting to it. Essentially, if we didn't react, as far as what the world would say, our bodies would die, we wouldn't be responding anymore, we would be whatever it is, a coma or whatever, anything. Uh, but really, we're just moving on. We're continuing. And so in that evolutionary process of these dimensional healing things, this plan of, say, salvation, is, is this, I would better describe as purification. That mm -hmm. it's a, you know, if you are here and believing in this world, it's because you believe in it less than the actuality of the eternal infinite. So in the same sense of what the last judgment is and where it would associate you and what kind of a kingdom you would be is, is by what you believe. So you're going through that, you know, going through your fears and that dream and then you're stuck in this place. You think you stopped, you think the whole ride, you say it was a train and now you're stopped in this place where you have no friends and all this stuff and it gets emotional. But really, it's not the train that stopped. It's you. You stopped there believing that this one's real instead of doing the same relaxation where it can't heal, hurt me, I'm, I'm greater than this, or whatever you were believing in, this is all a dream. And then right. it moves on to the next. It would naturally do the same thing in that. So it, as, even as we would say, oh, that's, that's a deep-rooted fear. That seems real. You know, that's what a lot of healing techniques use and this idea is like okay now we need to confront where that is what that has come from and we can actually get past that so that that's not a fear anymore and that it's really just based off of something that's just as unbelievable as as any dream you know and this idea right. of death so it's interesting to have the knowledge about how to deal with fear and stuff. And on some level, I can use it. And then on a deeper level, I can use it. And on a deeper level, I start to struggle. Even though it's the same process, it's a little more intense. It hits too close to home. It's something I'm actually dealing with. Yeah. 
Well, so, it's, it's perfect that it's like that. I mean, but it it's pretty much says you're alive, you're human, you're real, you know, <laughs> and that's perfectly normal. That's everyone is dealing with some degree of it. But it is that mm. what I often refer to as a resentment or a grievance is what holds us in this physical world, that it quite literally is required to have some sort of fear, resentment, grievance, however we want to describe it, in order to perceive this world. Because if you didn't, you would just go through, oh, I don't believe that one, I don't believe that one, I don't believe that one, and poof, and you're out, you're past this whole third dimensional perspective, the fourth dimensional perspective, and you're moving on to the next. It's, it's like that. It's like, that's why, in a way, everybody is going to die because it is really our greatest fear. And can we actually get past that or do we think it's actually occurring? And that's why the fourth dimension is referred to as spirit prison, even though in some teachings they don't teach it that way. But it's because you've yet to actually recognize that you're dead and to accept that the reality of Christ is what you are and who you are for yourself. Or accept Christ for yourself, in other words. And so if you did, nothing would terrify you. Nothing would stop you from going straight through it. That's what this whole test is about. Is like, and having that knowledge in that dream, which is just so such a beautiful example, that if you had that faith in the true power of who you are, then, and, oh, this is a dream, this is a dream, that wouldn't have stopped you. But then it, it did get deeper, harder, 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 more extreme, you know, which is completely makes sense that it, it does get harder. And it's like, okay, so in that way, in the describing through that example, my faith is only as big as my fear. And now my fear is bigger than my faith in according to that <laughs> belief, mm -hmm. which is can change in any moment. It's not like so it's not it's not like a fact you're not defined by it you're on this journey of it it's changing it's a process exactly i was but, reading some philosophy this weekend about the pre-socratics and ancient 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 greece and heraclitus said human beings are not a thing he said nothing's a thing you can't hold a thing all you can do is look at processes that are constantly in motion, they're constantly occurring. <laughs> Human being is a being, it's an act of being. It's like you can, because nothing's limited, Perfect. nothing, you can't see anything like where time has stopped and change has stopped. Everything is always evolving. It's like, wow. Yeah, I'm less of a person and more of a wave of the ocean, a movement of the molecules that make up my identity of myself. Yeah, that's well said. It's beautiful. Very interesting. So ancient of ancient Greece, huh? The ancientness. Yeah, hundreds of years before like Plato and Socrates and hundreds of years before even Christ or anybody else. Almost a, almost a millennium. Wow long time ago some of the earliest recorded history I mean, he's famous for saying things like you can't step in the same river twice hmm. the river has changed since the last time you stepped in it yeah <laughs> so 
So really, as far as what I would say is my core, I don't know, teaching or something is to be in that flow of it, like to mm. allow like, what I want to be is more just in the acceptance and allowance of what is that change, what is that occurrence instead of one specific way, one specific idea, even as awakening in that dream. It's, you know, not one technique, you know, necessarily because it in the entire approach, it gets bigger, harder to deal with, you know, and then can I, you know, conform to squeezing through the holes that allow me through, you know, Mm -hmm. so it's a different shape, you know, say every time you were confronted to a belief, you know, this one was, you had to be a triangle shape to get through, Uh, you had to be a square shape (laughs) to get through, you had to be a circle shape to get through. And now we're trying to figure out, you know, what on earth shape do I need to get through this earth kind of an idea? And, Mm -hmm. you know, and so it's this conforming of, of finding, you know, the little subtle cracks and holes that just slip right through. So it's not any specific being like this or doing it like this or anything that you're confronted with these fears and beliefs that are very unique to who you are. And it's the structure of your person. So if you want to transcend this person, then you're confronted with shaping into, you know, where are the cracks and the holes through that person. I think that's one thing that I've I've noticed the older I get, the less flexible I get. I get I get stuck in this thinking, you know. I have to remember that I can be flexible and change and that I'm not this set static entity. The things I don't like about life or whatever, they're not set infinities, you know. It's just about being flexible, being allowing myself to change through these cracks and stuff. But it's a process. Yeah, it's kind of the same thing about favorite foods and stuff. And people have (laughs) this idea of their favorite food. And as far as my experience of it, uh, you know, I can see that it's a decision of my mind uh, to. Mm. And we think that our taste buds are specifically telling us something, you know, that's, that's actually real, you know. It's not telling us something that we want it to hear we want to hear we want to understand you know i want to know if this tastes good and we actually taste something that's not good uh, we actually think it is interpreted as if it truly is disgusting you know that thing is disgusting it makes sense but it's really the interpretation that has defined it as disgusting so i you know I, I deal with stepkids all the time and they're like, oh no, I don't like that. I don't like this. And like, and, and I'm sitting here just saying, I like everything. You know, I like, I like everything. <laughs> and as much as I might just be ph- physiologically designed that way or something, I might just have nice taste buds <laughs> or something. But I'm pretty sure uh, as far as on my journey, I've just learned to accept it all, you know, as you know, it is all tasting good. I, I, of course, can still have preferences if that's what I want but then it's also asking for suffering you know when I'm eating something that this preference would say is disgusting now I'm suffering 
instead or <laughs> avoiding it and not just not going to eat or something and instead mm -hmm. i you know just want to allow it to happen and accept it happening and and you know all of a sudden your taste buds shift and conform as far as as if they do the interpretation now it's defined now i'm actually not just not suffering through something that's disgusting now it actually tastes okay it tastes good it tastes acceptable and so my mind changed the situation and you know it's the same thing with like babies crying for an example and uh, <laughs> you know it's through everything is like the mind is actually resisting its own belief about what it is oh this is a negative thing so I don't want it happening or I don't like that they do this to themselves or something and so then the mind starts getting mad reacting to what it seems to be coming to oh this is going to lead to the lead to their death or my death or this problem or situation so my mind reacts trying to avoid that or trying to protect from that which mm. you know is justified in the world a lot uh, just like I, I get mad and spank a tree when he's running out into the road and you know because I want his body to survive so mm. it seems absolutely justified but at the same time is the world what I want and want to believe in currently I would contest that yes I do but a lot of people want out and they think they're you know and then their minds suffering because they're in the world and oh it keeps going I'm trying to heal it and forgive it and I'm suffering in it because you mm -hmm. know I want out but as much as my death experience and and the occurrence and the ability to recognize it now has shown me that you know I actually am choosing to do this in every moment I want to be doing this in every moment and can stop at any time that's that's the difference of the perspective is it was happening to me and now it's happening by me now I'm in you know what's I'm thinking of a phrase but you know it's different <laughs> can't think of so to be happy you don't have to have your world change you just kind of have to accept that this is where you want to be right now yeah and it's like in your dream you're always going to be confronted with examples of what could be a suffering experience and what could be a happy experience and essentially it's do you believe this one you know this mind is always bringing up uh, examples and options to you and saying are you here here my lord here here do you take left or right do you take good or bad here and and mm -hmm. in any case you know it's the world so so really it's the temptations you know take this or that it, you know which do you want and a lot of people oh i want this good side i want this good thing and it's still the world it's still believing that it's that acceptance through and and falling through that you know if you really do want to transcend and move on ultimately eventually everybody is going to be accepting and is on this course of miracles that will accept and fall through and move beyond these supposed temptations of <laughs> of you know what is the world okay bud I trade you hey I trade you come here Come here. Anyway, it's just beautiful music in the background. <laughs> He's singing. 
So when we suffer, this idea of suffering is just a subjective experience. And if we can learn to learn different psychology, then we can enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's all about really getting completely aware of your mind and this reality of what thinking process and then being completely honest with it. And, you know, all these different approaches of denial that we have and protection and, you know, trying to avoid. It's like essentially it's all trying to avoid our demise of some sort. And, you know, it, it getting such a degree of honesty. I mean, it's obvious when, oh, no, I have this denial that, you know, I did something that I'm guilty of or something that... You know, those are obvious things, and so we want to avoid it, being guilty or whatever. But can I take it and apply these areas of defense uh, to everything? Like, the whole reason I eat, you know, is, what is that a defense against? You know, well, obviously you don't want to die. You know, why do you get up in the morning? What's Why do you get out of bed? And it seems like, of course, this idea would take you to a very depressing place. Uh, but, you know, essentially, that that was the technique in which I was using to escape the world, and to actually experience, you know, the view of that cliff, is to apply it to everything. You know, why am I doing this? What am I doing this for? And who am I with it? And what am I insisting that is true? As I'm in believing that this is something to be done. Mm. Oh, bud. One thing I thought was really interesting when you're going through your the tenets of your faith, the articles of fundamental principles, is everything's in scare quotes. We believe in quote unquote God. We believe in quote unquote his son. And I kind of realized like the the trouble it is to define something, to name something. And like how problematic it is to create an idea of God that doesn't evolve with you. And so I'm always trying to have, I'm trying to realize God without keeping it a static element. Because every time I find that I'm unhappy with God, it's because my idea of God isn't changing with me as I change. Yeah, it gets, it's tricky. It's definitely tricky. It's like every time, really, you're just defining God by where you're standing, where you're perceiving. <laughs> I need to go help him. Well, you define God in some specific fashion, some specific way, kind of just says what you think about yourself. What you think of where you are, what you think you're worthy of. You know, and so as much as your perspective and ideas of God change is as the same as, you know, you're changing, you're evolving. Even as the ideas of God as a child. Okay, I'm gonna go help him real <laughs> quick. Just grab him. You keep it going here. I'll be back in a minute. <laughs> Specifically, the one I was looking at. He says, we believe in God, scare quotes. We recognize the actuality of what is often referred to 
as God, the undefinable, unnameable source of all things, all throughout and all the ends of all universes, parallel universes, possible timelines of each universe. <laughs> Just the, <clears throat> the idea of the infiniteness of God. It's, I mean, it's everything. To, to really embrace this idea that you've put out, the undefinable, unnameable source of all beginnings and all throughout all parallel universes, everything. Nothing is not God. And if our idea or comprehension of God doesn't encompass all things, literally everything that there is, good and bad and everything, then we're falling short of what really is God. So to have to understand God, my definition has to always be growing to encompass all these things. Yeah, that's that's really good way of putting it. It's like, so I make an image of God in what I think of myself to be. You know, so if... Well, it, it doesn't exclude. I mean, God's still there. God's in that. You know, if I think of God as a body, you know, that's true, too. It's just if I want to really understand God, I ha just like I want to understand myself, it evolves, the perspective of it evolves just like ourselves do, you know. I was in London for my birthday, and I saw the Book of Mormon musical. <laughs> it was good. There's a point at which... The main character says, if he was trying to reconcile the problem of evil, he's like, how come bad things happen? If God is there and he's loving, why does he let bad things happen to me? <laughs> and I'm like, that's that definition implies that God is not those bad things or that somehow those things happen independent of God. But our, our definition of God needs to necessarily include all the stuff that we see as good and bad. And I think that's the problem is... His definition wasn't expensive enough. Which is fine and acceptable, and especially with society, you know, if we want to, you know, make society happen, we have to have a God that, you know, adheres to what is necessary for society to happen, right? True. Or survive. So its commandments apply to really the survival of our society. So if you're evolving or changing out of or into a more expansive idea, you're also expanding out of what is technically acceptable by society. Right. Yeah. That's true. So, I mean, like, really, that's what the Ten Commandments, for an example, was, well, what are we going to do to survive in the wilderness? You know, and, and yet... As, as honest as the journey was, you know, they were lost for 40 years and 40 nights, you know, and, how, and, and still following, you know, the pillar of light by day and shadow by night, right? And yet it still didn't bring them to, it just took them in circles. <laughs> as if true. there is some sort of reason or purpose to that. Anyway. That is our hour, and hope we leave leave the mind with some questions. Right. So thank you, Mark, for this time, and I look forward to next time. And again, happy yeah, birthday, happy thank appearance you. day, I call it. <laughs> and thank you all for tuning in. If you have any questions for us, openandclear.com. Have a beautiful day.